0: Season 3, Episode 4, Chapter 39, The Midnight Club. Alice revisits her disturbing ties to Griffins and Gargoyles, a game she and the other parents played in the early 90s, and how it plagued them ever since.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I was so surprised with how much fun this was. I
1: I mean... Are we surprised, though?
0: Yes, because I was not entirely on board with the children playing the parents, and it ended up being way more fun than I anticipated. Because they were all so good. Mm -hmm. That's to be seen. But it it was just really fun. Uh-huh. And so it, play, it played with a lot of things we already knew. You kind of got to see things that, like when you see FP and Hermione together, you're seeing Veronica and Jughead. And so that's kind of, that's a fun play for the audience. Oh, yeah. So I like all that stuff. We got a lot of information, which I also love. So it wasn't just a gimmick. No. It, it was used to further the story, which I like. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed this. Thank y'all for being patient with us. We went on vacation. We went to the magical world of Disney World, and we had a lot of fun, and so now we're getting back to our Riverdale coverage. So before we get to the episode, someone's got to recap the recap.
1: Betty meets the farm. The parents know about griffins and gargoyles. Dilton drinks cyanide. Ethel reveals the chalices. Jughead plays the game. FP burns the scripture, and every teen in town has a copy. <sighs>
0: All right, so we start this episode with their locker searches. They're confiscating all the manuals they can find, but they just keep popping up. It's an epidemic. We see people playing at Pops. People are playing in the locker rooms at school. Everybody's playing Griffins and Gargoyles. We stop with Mayor Lodge. Hermione is there talking to the students about how, you know, this is very dangerous and we don't want anyone playing Griffin and Gargoyles. Uh, Jughead's like, oh, so are you admitting that the game killed Dilton and Ben? And Hermione's like, yes, Mister Jones. And <laughs> so they start. Everyone starts asking questions. Where did it come from? And where did they get it? And Hermione's like, we don't have any answers. Just don't do it. And we're going to have an extended hotline, a crisis hotline, uh, overseen by Kevin Keller. To which I Kevin's will. like, I'm only here in the afternoons. <laughs> uh,
1: I will not. Be doing this twenty four hours for you people.
0: Yeah, it and it's just you know we're we're banning it. It's not good. Don't do it. Cut directly to Veronica and Betty at the Blue and Gold office. Veronica's like, uh, "Newsflash, Mom! Banning something only makes it more interesting." Thank you. It's true. <laughs> so they're they're chit chatting about playing. Betty's nervous about Veronica, and Veronica says, "You know, you don't make the fives twenty under twenty prancing around the woods in a deer carcass." fuck this is stupid (laughs) the fact that it exists is dumb cringe 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 cringe
1: when i'm cringing at the D &D stuff man
0: it's okay it's okay we'll get it we we haven't even gotten there yet
1: i know but it's just frustrating
0: we'll get there so they're just talking they get a phone call and it's dr curdle jr and he has come across a very interesting case from the archives Cut directly to Betty interrogating her mother.
1: ruh Uh-oh.
0: Dr. Curdle Jr. told me and Jughead that the circumstances of Dilton doyle's suicide felt oddly familiar to him. This case is why. It's from when his dad was coroner, and Alice is like, Betty, I'm right in the middle of my affirmations. <laughs> I've I?
1: homework.
0: But Betty pushes in front of her. Alice kind of gets a shock face, because, oh yeah, she remembers and he just continues. He's like, "Okay, because of your testimony, you've played G and G before, and now I know that you ha- that you played it when you were my age, and there was another suspicious death, someone with blue lips. I can keep digging, or you can just tell me." And Alice just goes, "All right." And Buddy's like, "Wait, what? That that worked? I I she did not think that was gonna work." <laughs> Like, how It is so rare that Alice is forthcoming in uh-huh. any way. She's very shocked, and that was played very well. I love it. Alice goes right into it. You're right, Betty. You deserve to know the truth for no other reason for your own protection. So we get right into the flashback, and I have to say, they had to spend a lot of money on the songs they used in this episode, but they are perfect. And so we get Dancing with Myself, Uh huh. which is a song I adore, which <laughs> is also about masturbation.
1: <laughs> we, you just had to
0: i couldn't help myself i love it when people don't realize that every we get to see everybody walking through and we get this lovely monologue monologue it was junior year phones had cords winona had johnny and everything smelled like teen spirit the world was a very different place and we were very different people back then i was alice smith a bad girl from the wrong side of the tracks with enviable hair and no real friends. <laughs> and so we see Alice in a bathroom stall going, please help, please help, please help. And she's holding a pregnancy test and clearly she's pregnant. We all know that that is Chick-Charles.
1: I'm in love with Tina Alice. First of all, they did the side-by-sides of her and Shelly from Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and Amy's character. The
0: hair's not right. It's too curly. It
1: looks so good. The makeup so is good, spot on. Though. The
0: makeup is spot on.
1: Also, it really doesn't matter that it is exactly the same. I know. But m- what's really but, really
0: But when you draw that comparison, oh she looks exactly like No, she really doesn't.
1: Well, no, but here's why she does because of the way Lily is acting. The look is not the same, she, but the
0: She does the smile smirk very well that Mason Amick does. But I thought she was more of a miss than anything else. Really? Yeah. I love Teen Alice so much. I like Teen Alice, but Lily as Teen Alice is not. I think people are just so into them playing the parents that they're just being like, well, she's great. The person who hits it out of the park is KJ Appa. Well, we'll get there. Like, the, Hands down. No, no, no. But anyways, Alice is yelling, damn it. And so she comes out and there's. Hermione in a Catholic schoolgirl outfit, which makes no sense because they're not in Catholic school, but she's dressed like one. Well, she's a rebellious Catholic. She's a rebellious Catholic girl. It's just, it's, it's a little, it's a slight miss on that one.
1: Hermione Gomez.
0: Um. So she is complaining. She's like, it's probably just a false positive. Happens all the time. And then we see Josie as her mother, Sierra. She has like 3% of the time and she is drawing on the mirror with her lipstick. This is a callback to the scene we saw her in earlier this season when she makes a comment about Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> exact same position between her and the other girls at the locker instead of a mirror.
1: Also, it's a picture. It's like a perfect rendering of Africa and end apartheid in the middle of it. Yeah, it's great. Which is awesome.
0: <sighs> They all dismiss Sierra. No one's talking to you. What am I going to do? I tried to talk to him and he blew me off for some vixen he's screwing. Classic F.P. Jones. And the other girls are like, F.P. Jones? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And so everyone's a little uptight and in walks Penelope Blossom. This is so good. Okay. Now, point. Penelope Blossom. That is her actual name. This is going to come back later because this is super fucking weird.
1: Oh, God.
0: That whole thing is super fucking weird. Yeah. When I first heard that, I said, oh, interesting. She's here on hall pass duty. And I love Alice. He goes, oh, it's up your ass, Penelope. Classy is always Alice Smith. Just curious. Were you born with that mouth? Or is it something Southside mothers teach their bastard babies? And then we get a really. This is where Lily does the very good machin smirk that's great Uh, this fight is crap oh they should be embarrassed
1: yeah but the the smile is priceless
0: so they have a little girl fight and then we cut over to the boys locker room and we have reggie as marty mantle his father (laughs) he's got this long shaggy hair and the yellow aviator glasses it's so ridiculous not very 90s little more 80s but I still love it. It's great. It's great on him.
1: Small town, New York. I'll let it pass.
0: Yeah, I'll we'll let it pass. And so they're they're talking to FP's like, you got a streak. You got a streak. It's a tradition. And he's like, I got a cast mantle. Doesn't matter. And and I'll go with you. And it's Freddie Andrews, and it's KJ with brown hair, which a lot of people. I still don't realize this, that he has brown hair, like, dark brown hair in real life. Yeah. So this is closer to his actual hair color than the red he has to have in the show. It's (laughs) it's just hilarious. He's got the hair, like, slicked back, very a la Luke Perry in the 90s. He
1: sounds exactly
0: like Luke Perry. (laughs) What's hilarious is if you look at him, it's the way he's using his mouth. I, I, I get fixated on this, but... He is not moving his mouth the way he does as Archie. Nope. Because he has to get, one, the accent. And he's trying to do the Luke Perry back and forth thing that (laughs) Luke Perry does. Luke Perry sways when he talks. And so (laughs) KJ is perfectly mimicking that. It's adorable. They decide they're going to streak, so they start running down the hallways.
1: And that lands them in detention.
0: Yeah. So it all got them in hot water. And now we, now we're in detention with Anthony Michael Dining Hall. (laughs) Okay, it's Anthony Michael Hall. Call him Anthony Michael Dining Hall from Not Another Teen Movie. More importantly. (laughs) He is most famous for his roles in 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club, which he did with Molly Ringwald, who plays Archie's mother, Mary. Yeah, so he comes in, he's like, welcome to Saturday Detention." He just starts taking role and Alice, we get her... Her narration, gathered in that classroom, we were strangers, more than friends, and none of us could have guessed their lives were about to change forever. Riverdale.
1: Except not really this time. Yeah. it Was, was that Saved by the Bell logo?
0: It was very Saved by the Bell, <laughs> a la the Max.
1: I loved it so much.
0: It's so bizarre, because I have such very strong, vivid memories of this time in pop culture, and I'm like, this makes me feel so freaking old. <laughs> I'm like I know I'm not the target audience to this but I was like I'm not old enough to have children that would watch this show as like teenagers. Like this is this is I'm in a weird bizarre land. As an adult watching this movie, this episode makes me feel very old.
1: Yeah, but in a weird way, it's also targeted at us.
0: Mm, not really. It's it's definitely targeted at 90s nostalgia. So we come back, and we get more Alice narration, and we're, we're focusing in on all of our characters. It was just supposed to be one Saturday. Eight hours, six people with seemingly nothing in common. The bad girl, Alice Smith. The rebel Catholic, Hermione Gomez. The teacher's pet. Penelope Blossom, the artist-athlete, Fred Andrews, the political animal, Sierra Samuels, and the ladies' man, Forsyth Pendleton Jr. (sighs) And I love, okay, they did a perfect job in giving Cole Sprouse Skeet Ulrich's hair from the 90s (laughs) with those two strands that that just curl right into his eyes in an obnoxious way that you just want to keep brushing them out. (laughs) It made me so happy <laughs> because that hairstyle is just so iconic from the, the Scream franchise. I needed to see that. I needed that in my life to, to enjoy this. I really did.
1: And then Alice's face looking at him, which is <sighs> like, oh. Uh... He
0: was BMOC and an All-American athlete, a stud muffin, as we used to say. He was different back then, Betty, trying to be something other than he was, but still trouble. I was tough as nails, but around FP, silly putty. Even in detention, with the secret growing inside of me, I hated him, but I wanted him. Oh, Kim, okay, Mama, get it! <laughs> that, was, that was a perfect cut to back to reality because during that little little brief moment, we see FP and Alice getting it on. Like <laughs> the, it's just great.
1: The cut-ins with Betty are so much fun. They
0: they they just they they. This was one of their best episodes. It really was. In the whole series. This is because they played it very well. So then we get Principal Featherhead saying, "You were you're here today, you will not talk, you will not play, you will not move, you will, I don't even want you to breathe." What if we have to go to the bathroom? You hold it. And at the end of the day, you'll deliver a thousand-word essay on why you're here today. Wow, this is such a flashback to The Breakfast Club.
1: Except he's way more chill than the he's, bull ever he's was. He's
0: way more chill, and he's playing it up the cheeky nature of it. He knows what he's doing, and he's enjoying it. It's like, I'm the dork, the geek, technically, and I'm going to do this. It's I also great. Love,
1: yeah, I also love halfway through that he just goes, it's not like I have anything better to do today. Yeah. Just walks
0: away. Then we get the next best song ever. I know this much. I can't hear that song without thinking of the wedding singer. So Alice is carving her initials into the windowsill. They're all like yelling at each other. Come here. Can you stop it? And then we get Tommy. I brought you some sustenance. Thank you. I love you. See you tonight. Okay, Sierra. Kevin and Josie are making out, and it's Tom and Sierra because they're dating and they love each other. Uh huh. And this made me so happy. <laughs> I did not expect this, I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, this creates so many amazing layers in my brain.
1: Dark horse candidate for best performance of a role Casey Cott playing and Tom, Keller. Tom Keller. Does a really good job.
0: It's No, they're so secondary in this story, but the moments that they gave those two actors, perfect. And, again, fuels the story. True. Because, okay, side note, we've already seen chapter 40 because we are behind on our coverage. So we know what happens. So I'm just going to say this. This comes back. We learn more. Uh Uh-huh. And I love it. It makes me so happy. So Tom Keller leaves and Fred, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix up the children and the parents' names, just forgive me. Fred says, You and Tom Keller? Guys, we've been going to the same school since kindergarten. How do we not know anything about each other? <laughs> it's so Fred. And Penelope goes, We're not friends. Clicks don't cross pollinate. Haven't you seen Heathers? <laughs> Love that reference. And we have covered that on Macintosh and Mod. Haven't seen what? It's lovely. Thank you. Well we got six more hours to kill and no one to impress. How about a round of secrets and sins? Lame.
1: Just say truth or dare.
0: It's not really truth or dare. It's like, never have I never or whatever. So they're all in a circle and Sierra starts talking to Tommy and I have been dating secretly for a few months now. And she explains it's in secret because our parents didn't want their children dating someone so different to use their euphemism of choice. So clearly they have a problem with the racial difference. Yep. Not cool, but I like that it was brought up because it would have been brought up. Well, it was 90s. Yeah, it would have been People are still assholes about this shit. And that's stupid, so I'm glad it was mentioned.
1: Next is Hermione.
0: Hermione talks about, you know, my mom is all up in my relationships, too. Have you ever heard of Hiram Lodge? Ooh, yes, dude is ripped. (laughs) (laughs) And a petty criminal. He's a self-starter who provides for his family. But to my mom, he's a scrub. And she has this line in Spanish, you know, that's the way to the American dream, mija. What does my mom know about this dream? She cleans hotels in the stupid five seasons, 16 hours a day, and Hiram's got the right idea. Get out of Riverdale no matter what you do. In comes Fred. Yeah, except Riverdale's not the problem. I want to stay here my whole life. <laughs> and uh, Alice is like, Are you? how long is it going to take you to choose between music or baseball? I'm not solid. And we we're close enough to the city to play music gigs. This town's got it all. I could see myself running for mayor one day. Ugh, nightmare job. That one came from Sierra, which I love. So it's, <laughs> it's this cute little, like, it's a little eye-rolly, but it's fun and playful, and so I allow it. Yeah, I did put a little on the nose. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little. And then we get Fred talking about, you know, he's like, I can't go to the big city because I have to look after my dad. He's sick, and he took care of me my whole life. So now it's my turn, and just... It is so uncanny, him doing Luke Perry. I, I, Some people like to shit on KJ Apa. They're like, he's just there for the abs, which he's he's got great abs. Good for him. But this shows how good he can be. And I love it. They
1: just don't write well for Archie half no, the time. No,
0: Archie's storyline this season is horrible. Yeah. We all agree with that. I am look forward to seeing him in other things outside of Riverdale so I can see more of these, this type of work from him. And then it's Alice's turn and all the girls know what her biggest secret is. And so they Hermione's like, oh, let's skip her. And then FP just says, Alice, just tell them the time you lit a dumpster on fire on the south side. And Alice, cla- this is classic Alice. This is just how, this is the Alice we know. Why don't you tell them that you actually live in Sunnyside Trailer Park? I thought you lived on Elm Street. Love that reference. I didn't even think about yeah. that absolutely oh uh, it's good uh of course because that's what fourth ice wants you to believe you parade around the school in your varsity jacket like a north sider don't kid yourself you'll never escape the south side and fp just kind of takes that and goes uh-huh alice a lake keeps laying into him you're gonna end up just like your dad down six packs and you're double wide fp says maybe but i'm not gonna hit my kid not like my dad hits me And I told him I don't want to join his gang. I wanted to be the first Jones to go to college, and he didn't like that.
1: Shows us his cast.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, we see this kind of scene of them clearly having a confrontation, and then, yeah, we see his cast.
1: So cool. Cool. that's
0: great. But to, as far as we can tell, FP does not hit Jughead. no. He'll it. he'll grab him. He'll grab him and give him a little shake, but he doesn't h- outright hit him. But I believe this is the first time that we've heard about FP's father. Like, you know, I think it was pretty safe to assume that his father was in the serpents. And, you know, that's kind of how that usually works because we've seen Sons of Anarchy. But, <laughs> but yeah, well, you like to make that reference all the time. That's true. Now we get into some real what the fuckage.
1: Oh, okay, boy. I guess
0: that just leaves me. The Blossoms. They're terrible people. But Penelope, you're a Blossom. I'm not. Not really. I grew up at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy Orphanage. What the fuck?
1: Number one. That's that's
0: the first what the fuck. Oh my God, Penelope, that place has violated every humanitarian code. (laughs) Thank you, Sierra. I really love social justice, Sierra, especially since she's a horrible mayor. Penelope goes on. When I was eight, the Blossoms came and asked to see all the redheaded children. Next thing I knew, I was leaving with them. I was so excited. Okay, so that was what the fuck, too redhead child
1: i mean at that point i knew where we were yeah
0: yeah oh you knew what was happening it's like i quickly realized this was not an altruistic adoption i was being groomed to first be clifford's sister and then eventually his life companion every second away from that house even today is a relief so that like why are, why are you there? She says well they're my family. That is not family. It's basically incest. It's disgusting.
1: Basically.
0: At least I'm not cleaning up other people's toilets like your mom. Well, at least she is class. She's not stealing child brides out of orphanages. <laughs> and then we get another bad girl fight between Penelope and Hermione.
1: But I love Alice being like, ugh, here we go again.
0: Yeah. And, like, they all start yelling, hey, stop it. And so then we have a quick cut, and we get Principal Featherhead. Congratulations! You all just upped your sentence. From one Saturday detention to four. And so they all start going, ugh. <laughs> And we get some more Alice narration. We were angry, of course, at each other and at ourselves. And we start hearing Take Me On by Aha. <laughs> this is one of the best eighties songs ever. You cannot play that song and not get happy. You just can't. I don't know about that. It's a great song.
1: All right, now to I'm dance. gonna now I'm gonna play it when I'm really depressed and see if it makes me cry. There
0: you go. All right. It's just... Um, But then we get this little scene with them But little by little Hour by hour The walls we've hidden behind all our lives Started breaking down As pudding cups and sandwiches were shared The bravado fell away And a group of misfits became unlikely friends So we see them starting to like chill And be like we're all stuck here together It's fine Which I like I mean the the narration's a little saccharine But it's sweet It's cute And then there was that rainy Saturday afternoon, the first cold rain of the season. And they've decided to break into the teacher's desk, Miss Crabapple's drawer.
1: Well, Hermione Uh, has decided. Yes. She's like,
0: she took my game lad. She locked it up. Game. Lad. Lad. I'll allow that one (laughs) because it's funny. Those of you who are not aware, she's referencing the Game Boy, which are amazing. And I remember when they first came out. We took, them, we took them to my grandparents' house, and my granddad got addicted to it, and we had to give it to him, <laughs> and my dad's like, we'll buy you another one. That's fair. It was funny. So they open the drawer and there's like, ah, oh, she's been hoarding all of our stuff for decades. They pull out like drumsticks and all sorts of random stuff. And they find griffins and gargoyles. Second edition. Second edition. That's weird. Hmm. Penelope says, I've heard of this game. We shouldn't play it. It doesn't belong to us anyways. I thought this was an urban legend. so they all just keep talking about, oh, I heard kids at Seaside were playing this. I heard one of them had a heart attack and died. Well, in that case, we should definitely play it, Right. And that's Alice. So, of course, Alice is the one who's instigating them all playing this game. Uh Uh-huh. So, I love that. So, they all sit down and they start reading from the book. An ancient evil, long forgotten to this world, has awoken his name, the Gargoyle King. Defeat him and receive the supreme reward. All right, so like now they're trying to figure it out. Penelope's going to be the Game Master. Love it. Makes total sense for both Penelope and Cheryl. And they're going to guide you through the quest, but first got to pick our characters. Alice is going to be the sorceress. She says, maybe I can make all you nerds disappear. <laughs> Hermione picks the thief. I've always wanted to be free of moral reasoning. Well, clearly that happened later on in your life.
1: And now we just start laying it on super thick.
0: Well, as the voice of the people... I've chosen the Siren, Sierra, also funny as Josie. It's it's very thick, many layers, but I love it. Deadeye is going to be FP. Fred, we all know you're the Radiant Knight, clinging to the ideals of hope, justice, and righteousness. I don't know, it kind of seems kind of boring. Perfect for you.
1: <laughs> Everybody's like, perfect for you, and Alice is like, boring.
0: Yep. <laughs> all right. Now, pay attention. Welcome, brave adventurers of Eldrevere, realm of griffins and gargoyles, Lady Smith. Please pick your quest card. So they start playing the game and Alice starts narrating us watching them. That's how it begins, buddy. The maddening obsession with the roll of a dice. You approach a well in the center of the arcane maze and the hedges grow behind you, sealing off the exit. I'm going to toss my Gildite coin. And they just keep going on and on. And, you know, they get to a point where it's like, oh, is it too late to start another round? Not at all. Let's kick things up a notch and take the game off board. They reference that Featherhead's taking a nap. There's a quest that's already been written for them. And it's called The Wedding Stone. It requires pairs. So Penelope puts together Squire Pendleton and Madame H. So F.P. and Hermione. And then Sir Frederick and Lady Smith. So Alice and Fred. She's hidden a gemstone from Thornhill. And the first to find it and give it to Sierra wins. So they leave. And Sierra's like, why did you pick those? Or did... A gargoyle King, make you do it? And Penelope says, I'm in the mood for a little chaos. Yeah, so we, we go over to the doghouse. Hey! hey! And Hermione and FP are searching for this, and they're like, oh, we'll just follow the gargoyle. So there's a gargoyle on top of the vending machine. They see in the vending machine, there's the gem. Love they're... that
1: nothing in the doghouse has changed since 1991. And that
0: seems accurate, especially even those couches
1: uh, and the paneling.
0: So, like, they, they find the gem in the the vending machine and they start, you know, knocking it over to get it out. He gets, you know, FP gets it out and hands it to her. And she he kind of like starts leaning in. Her money's like, shoves him out of the way. He's like, what the hell? You were going to kiss me. No, I wasn't. This is a role playing game. I'm not actually into you, FP. <laughs> Which is fun. And we cut over to the blue and gold office. And Alice is looking like she's stumbling a little bit. And Fred's like, sit down. Are you OK? And Alice is like, I'm I'm lost because you think she's actually going to tell him. Alice goes on to say you know I wake up every morning wanting to escape my life and my mistakes and when I'm here I do and I'm happy and when the game's over I'm me again and that sounds pathetic and I really love that they mentioned they that they had this little line the scene because part of the thing that makes role-playing fun the games is the escape and I think that's something that why people kind of shit on things like dungeons and dragons is like well what this is a stupid game You're being dorks like yeah we're playing in another world it's the same reason why people got obsessed with the sims it's like i get to pretend to be somebody else for a while it's It's, an it's an escape
1: it's also the same reason why people get into sports yeah and fantasy football Mm -hmm. that's not real and it's the exact same thing it's all statistics and making a league
0: it's it's an escape so we cut back over to the doghouse and Hermione starts asking FP, you know, what's going on with you and Alice? He's like, Nothing serious, just messing around. But since we've been playing G and G I think it could be more. I-, I don't know. And Hermione's like, You should talk to her and-, and take a shot for real. You are Deadeye, after all. Which is cute and sweet. Uh huh. And we cut back over to blue and gold and Fred is explaining that, you know, I love my dad and I hate seeing him in pain, but sometimes I can't handle it. But Sir Frederick doesn't have a sick dad. So I pretend that I'm here with you guys. And then I think I'm free again. And so like I like that both Fred and Alice are having the same, like, we need to kind of escape some stuff that sucks. And then they start kissing. And then we have a cut. Wait, wait, wait. You and Fred Andrews? We were lonely, Betty. We were young, attractive, in the same room. It was just once a brief flame between two people that existed in that one moment. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) I like that Betty's half into a cookie when she says this.
0: I I love when actors talk with their mouth full. They just talk when something happens.
1: Hold on a second.
0: Yeah. Did they just make out or did they have sex? They made out. Okay, we it could be either, but I love it. I no, love there's it. no,
1: there's no way they actually had sex. I think they made out and then both had the FP. Hermione like, oh uh, no, no,
0: and then Betty's like, but in the blue and gold. <laughs> That's where she makes out with her boyfriend. So, yeah. They played for weeks. They were sneaking into school late at night, getting deeper than ever. We see we see a scene of a Sierra opening the window as she's leaving class. And then it, we, we have a lighting change and cut to the kids climbing through that window to get into the school. And they dubbed themselves the Midnight Club. We abandon the board, acting out our quests and adventures in the real world, playing characters. And so we see them finding costumes and dressing up and walking down the halls. And then all of a sudden... They run into another group that are also playing G&G, and it's Marty Mantle, Daryl Doily, which I love that we got to have Dilton back for this. Yay. It makes me happy because I'm really sad we miss him. We get Hiram Lodge, played by Michael Consuelos, and man, he looks exactly like his dad. Sounds exactly he like sounds his dad. sounds just like him, too. And Tommy, played by Kevin Keller. <laughs> Casey Cott.
1: Oh, they're LARPing it up.
0: They're, they're super LARPing it up, and they're like... What are you doing? How did you find this? Uh, Daryl Doily found it in the restriction section of the library. Relinquish your game master duties. Make me heathen. <laughs> With the Battle of the game masters. And so they decided to just play together and make a bigger game. And the line between griffins and gargoyles and real life became blurred in a dangerous way. And then we found strange invitations in our lockers and tell them, you know, Members of the Midnight Club, come to the detention room tonight, rise the challenge, ascend to the next level. Yay, Gargoyle King. Woohoo. We cut to them all dressed up, ready to go. They've got drinks and all sorts of stuff set up in the room. And it's flip the griffin coin for your fate. Drink from the chalice and meet your destiny. The successful among you will ascend to the third level. Okay, that sounds simple enough, but not too much of a party. So why don't we make it one? And Hiram pulls out a package of Fizzle Rocks, which is clearly drugs. Just hit the street. So I love that our drugs in Riverdale Universe are Pop Rocks and Pixie Sticks. <laughs> Cheesy, but adorable. And I'll allow it. So everyone starts taking some Fizzle Rocks and we hear Alice narration saying, I was pregnant with your brother, so I didn't take any. But to this day, I wonder what was in those drugs. Maybe whatever turned us into monsters. And so everyone starts running out the hall and we see Daryl say to Penelope, hey, kudos on the whole Ascension party thing. It's very rad. Penelope goes, me? I thought you did all this. And they're both kind of like, huh? All right, whatever. So they all just start running around and we hear Alice say, "Maybe we were monsters all along." So the Ascension Night was frenzied from the start. The festivities began with an impromptu concert by the Fredheads
1: doing Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors,
0: which is a pretty good song to pick. <laughs> FP's on the drums, Alice on the keyboards, Freds on the guitar. I love that the Fredheads is written on tie-dye in the Archie's logo. And font, I love it.
1: F.P. has the crown.
0: F.P.'s wearing the crown. It's great. They're all just hanging out. And then Alice starts walking the halls by herself and she goes to puke in the bathroom. And the kind of lights kind of go out and they come back on. And when she turns around, the bathroom is covered in the flip for your fate stuff. And she sees two chalices at the sink with a coin in between and so she decides to leave and she's going through the hallways and she sees the gargoyle king and then we hear a lot of yelling and shouting and we get a narration of Principal Featherhead must have learned of our trespassing and was investigating God help me Betty, I could have said something, stopped him I could have prevented what came next but instead I just left. So we see Alice hiding from Featherhead as he comes in with flashlights and so she leaves so then we have the next day her coming into school, we hear Alice saying you know i spent the night calling the midnight club but no one picked up they must have been caught or expelled maybe even arrested and i went to principal featherhead's office maybe to confess but alice goes to the secretary and it's like "Is principal featherhead here he's not here do you need to see the nurse alice are you okay yeah i'm fine alice runs into hermione it's like hey what's going on and hermione's like fred's dad died last night he while we were at the party he came home found him dead well fuck <laughs> By the time Mr. Andrew's funeral came around a few days later, Principal Featherhead had had been declared officially missing, and we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop. So now all the kids are at Pops, and they're trying to console Fred, and Fred just feels like shit. He's like, my dad died alone because I was high, running around school like an idiot with you guys. Harsh, Harsh, but not untrue. They're all, you know, trying to, like, minimize it a little bit. Like, you know, okay, between this and Featherhead, you know, we're all all tense. We're on edge. And Alice is like, I saw him. I saw him there, and then he was gone. Did y'all run into him? Should we tell somebody? And Penelope's like, no, you didn't see anything. Nope, 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 we're not going to do this. And basically they all agree that they are not going to talk and keep their mouth shut. Then we cut to everyone being at school. We get more narration. You know, Everyone had a theory about what happened to Principal Featherhead, but no one, knew, no one had guessed the gruesome truth. Mr. Featherhead had been right under our noses, and by the next week, it was impossible to ignore the flies and the smell. And we see someone opens the door that's under the staircase and out drops Principal Featherhead with blue lips. Bye, Anthony Michael Hall! Bye, Anthony Michael Dining Hall! And also, fun fact... He was, his body was stuffed where Jughead used to live. (laughs) Jughead looked at All right, we come back from a commercial break. You know, the kids are talking. She goes, there was blue liquid in the chalices when I saw them. And Featherhead's corpse had blue lips. And the police said he had poison in the system. So what did y'all do to him? and everyone just starts yelling back at each other like well what did you do him you know you said you were there too alice and you know you were the only one who actually saw him and yeah because y'all were tripping and who was even wearing that insane gargoyle costume what are you talking about the chalices were empty lady smith does protest too much methinks. (laughs) and you know then they're like pretty convenient you left early they're just all being dicks to each other and so basically they all figure out okay we have, to, we have to destroy all this. We have to hide this. We have to get rid of it. So they decide they're going to have to destroy the game so it can't be tracked to us. So the manuals, will destroy the manuals, and they'll scatter everything else. And Alice explains, you know, she goes, I was outnumbered. At least that's what I tell myself now. So they said the dice got left in a Monopoly box, forgotten amongst other mismatched pieces. The chalices nestled amongst other cups in the trophy case. I'll dispose of the library manual, it was thrown in Sweetwater River, and I'll burn our copy, which is what F.P. says, so, hey, he burned another copy, great. All right, everyone spit, we're making a pack, because spit binds everyone together, apparently. Ew. Yeah. It's a secret forever to the grave. To the grave. Then we get the song, welcome to my life
1: tears for fears everybody wants to rule the world
0: i always forget the titles of some of these songs i just get the first bit
1: i mean if you get through to the chorus of that song you get the you get the title so
0: (laughs) so now we get to see this really great bit where alice is narrating what's happening she goes after playing g and g it was a return to reality We went our separate ways and, burdened by our guilt, became different people. The wannabe rock star sold his guitar and began breaking rocks at his family business. The Catholic schoolgirl went against her mother's wishes and became a lifetime of compromise. That's a really great way to describe what happened to Hermione. A lifetime of compromise.
1: Also, pearls.
0: Actually, one thing I want everyone to note is the costumes that all the children start wearing as their parents are what we first see all those parents in later on in the series, in the beginning of the series. Almost every single one of those, I can guarantee. Oh, that's what we first saw Fred, and that's what we first saw Penelope, and that's what we've seen Hermione, and that's what we saw Allison. With some more age-appropriate time-wise. So like Alice wasn't wearing hot pink tights, but she was wearing a pink coat like that. So yep. yeah, that's exactly what we've seen them in, which I loved. I love those types of costuming choices.
1: Sierra's hair down and straight. Sierra's
0: down and straight. We see Tom in the R R O T C but we later see him in a sheriff's uniform. Yeah. So that's, that's a can. That no, makes sense. Uh, Romeo and Juliet took their curtain call. Maybe when we're older, things will be different. I'll wait for you, Sierra. I hope you'll do the same. And what I loved about this was how sweet it was. Oh, yeah. I love that the actors of Josie and Kevin got to do this because those are two of the best actors in the show. And they don't get a lot. And they got so so much sweetness and cool moments that we didn't expect in this episode. I love it. The Game Master became the pawn. And we see Penelope with Clifford, played by the guy who played Jason. And now it's just a running thing that we never hear that guy talk. <laughs> and I know in my one of my next time on, I said that the guy who plays Jason has come back to play Hal. I keep conflating Hal and Clifford because I don't see them enough. And so I know I was wrong. And I... Y'all know what I meant. I'm sorry. Whatever. It's done. (laughs) I want to live in Thornhill forever and ever, Clifford. The world outside is too dangerous. Ew. Ew. The high school MVP became a greaser gang member, and we see FP put on a serpent jacket, sit down, and get handed a beer. Aw. And the biker girl traded her leathers for a big lie. And so we see Alice. She's got the pink jacket on and, and a little skirt, and she goes up to, uh... Another guy, and she's just like, hey there, Hal Cooper, any chance you're free from Malt at Pops? And the Midnight Club passed each other in the halls. We didn't so much as smile. We'd become strangers again. So then we get another commercial break, and now we come back to Betty and Alice. But wait, if Principal Feather had died because he drank the poison Chalice, then who poisoned the cups? That's I'll, a great question. That's just a great question. And Alice is like, I don't know... His murder was ruled a suicide under suspicious circumstances, and we never spoke about it because we were Midnight Club, but also because we didn't want to confront the unthinkable that one of us was a murderer. Nope. Yeah. So basically, they, they go back and forth about the fact that nobody intended to kill Featherhead. They only intended to kill one of us. And so one of us did it, and we don't want to deal with that fact.
1: Betty doesn't get that because Dilton and Ben both willingly drank the fresh aid. So did Ethel.
0: Yeah. And they know Ethel mixed... Yeah, so it's just... It's a whole weird thing. Alice tries to explain that, you know, this, this is why this game is dangerous because it tells you to do these things. You know, the game gives you permission to hurt or kill themselves, their enemies, or their friends. And in the end, it's just death. It's just death. I promise... And now promise me you won't investigate it, Betty. And Betty's like, you know I can't do that! Someone from your club used the game to murder Featherhead. And now my classmates are dying... And the whole school is playing the game. And I saw the creature in the woods that I'm pretty sure you saw at school. What if it's the same person? Then and now. And I know you're scared, Mom, but I can't be silent anymore. You've seen what that's gotten us. And so Alice is very resigned from this and just goes, just promise me you won't play. And Betty says, I won't. I promise. And I I, I do like that there's this level of Alice is like, yeah, I fucked up. But now this is a problem again. We got to deal with it. And I understand you can't ignore that. But don't like, okay. This is going to be our agreement. (laughs) Don't
1: buy into this world. It's not good. Yeah.
0: So then we cut to Betty at school. She's walking around and she says, well, a good reporter always checks their sources. So she goes into a classroom and she checks the windowsill and she sees all the initials that her mom carved in so many years ago.
1: And she grins.
0: And then she goes to the trophy case and she opens it and she just looks at it. She goes, hiding in place sight the whole time. And she finds the chalices. And so, like, okay, but you know, Betty's doing her work. So she goes to the bunker, and she would see her coming out. She goes, Juggy, Jug, you won't believe the story my mom told me last night. Jug, Jug, what are you doing? And she's walked in on Jughead Game Mastering, a game of Griffins and Gargoyles with Cheryl, Tony, Fangs, and Sweet Pea. And we get some of the most frantic, insane Jughead we've ever gotten, and it's amazing. Uh Uh-huh. It's all making sense and becoming clear. I'm a level
1: three, and it's only a matter of time before I get to meet him. And then I get to beat him.
0: Oh, shit. Riverdale. What the fuck? That was a great, like, bing. That was awesome.
1: Because this is, in some ways, a button episode. Yes. Because it's it's meant for a flashback nostalgia thing. And then all of a sudden, they kick it off into holy shit we're about to launch the story into the next part
0: well no it would have been so easy for it to be like here are our parents way back in the day they knew each other these two kind of dated these two hooked up those two used to be together but now they're broken up but now they're back together like it could have been just a little flashback but what they did was they gave us background to this thing that's happening now yep they made the web of the parents relationship much more realized Yes. Gave us more context for their current day relationship. Gave us new information to the craziness that is the Blossom family, uh-huh. which is also nice. We get a lovely cameo that is well connected to this universe. Love that. And then they move the story along. It wasn't a gimmick for gimmick's sake, like the musical episode that everyone hates. This is a gimmick, sure, and that's fine, but they used the gimmick to push the story along. Which An- is amazing and not something we usually get from Riverdale. And I love it.
1: And then leave us with a cliffhanger that is
0: epic. Love it. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. All right. So normally this is where we would tell you we would do our little end spiel. And then we'd tell you to wait till after the music. But... Since the next episode is already out and we've actually already watched it, we're behind on a recording, we're not going to do that this time. Nope. So if you want our instant reactions to the episodes that come out on Fridays, you need to become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Macintosh and Mod. And you'll get those every Friday after a new episode, plus all of our extra exclusive pa- uh, content, including our future coverage of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina.
1: Which is coming very, very soon.
0: Very soon. If you're not ready to become a patron yet, we totally understand. But if you could go onto iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you're downloading this and leave us a review, we'd appreciate that. That helps us get us in front of other people.
1: But until next time.
0: Hashtag go Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at Macintosh and Mod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.